You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a lovely end of summer. I don't know about you, but this is right about the time when I'm like, okay, we're in the busy season, and I should have prepared earlier, and here we go. (laughs) It's like just starting to pick up right now. Um, So if you're feeling that way, that's pretty normal. I try to prepare earlier and earlier every year. So this year, I think I started in May or June. And next year, I'm going to need to start in April. So always give yourself longer than you think. But anyway, that's what we're here to talk about today. Today, we are here to talk about artwork development. And if you know me, if you've been following me or the show for a year or any length of time, really, Um, You know, I love this topic. It is truly what is most important to me. It's what I love to talk about. It's what I love to teach. And it's something that I think about quite a lot. In the past, I've done some really extensive episodes on this topic, specifically solo episodes. I will link some of those in the show notes if this is something you're really wanting to work on and think about right now. Um, But because I've talked so much about it, I wanted to give it a bit of a different flavor this time, and I wanted to bring on my friend Amanda, who has been on the podcast many times. She was on last week as well. Um, So her and I could kind of talk about it together and more from a a more current perspective, like how we're currently relating to our work. Uh, We do reflect on the past a lot just to see like where we started and what it took to get here, but I more so wanted you guys to hear how... I really think about this and talk about this in real life with my friends, which is kind of the theme of this season anyway. In fact, what was cool about doing this episode is afterward, both of us were like, wow, I'm really glad we did that because we've actually needed to get together and talk about our work, but we just haven't had the chance. So recording this kind of forced us to do that. And it really did feel like a call that we would have just had on our own with a little bit more structure. So if you are in a place where you're wanting to make your work more your own, you feel a bit scattered, you feel like you're never going to find your thing, there is both relatability in this episode for you and some tidbits and advice. Um, The truth is, is developing our work is a never ending journey. This is not just a topic for beginners. And if you've been doing this for a while, you already know that. And I think the reason I love to teach and talk about this every year is because it's something that I need to keep circling back to again and again, because as soon as your work grows, you're standing on a new level, right? You you have access to new ideas and new directions. And so the reflection and, and the process is something that I think is a great thing to repeat over time. So anyway, I digress, but that's what you're going to hear in this episode. Uh, before we begin, I do have two announcements for you. One is about the Patreon. You can listen to the pre-chat that Amanda and I had before this episode, which is totally unedited and raw. Um, And that's over on Patreon, as well as last week's pre-chat. Like I mentioned in the last episode, I'm going to start adding those from time to time because good things always come out in the pre-chat that never make it into the actual episode. And these next two announcements kind of go together, but I am opening enrollment for my artwork development workshop series called Unique, which will be my fourth time running it, and I'm very excited to do that. But if you head over to the Patreon and become a patron, you get 10% off that workshop series. So 
Yes, the second announcement is that that workshop series is now open for enrollment. It will be until the first week of September. This is a five session workshop series that will help you develop your strongest and most honest work in a nutshell. We get into fleshing out your language, um, weeding out maybe some of your overly used influences, narrowing down on a direction if you have been feeling all over the place. We really dive deep into building out both your content and the aesthetic, um, and we cover a lot of ground. It's very likely that if you go through this workshop, you're going to have a whole new perspective on your work and how you make it. At least that is what students have told me in the past. And one thing I really love about this is I've also built in small group sessions where you are able to get feedback and reflections on your personal work. I find that we really can't grow as much as we would like to without that feedback. It's been so crucial to my own work and I know it will be to yours too, but this is a non-pretentious space. This is where we talk like humans. Everyone is welcome. You don't have to have gone to art school to participate. It is not harsh. It is very supportive. And I find the people who are often the most nervous for that part come out gaining the most and loving the small groups the most. So I'm just going to leave that there for you. Anyway, if you're interested in signing up, the details and the link are in the show notes. Okay, so if you don't already know her, Amanda Sandlin is known for vulnerable portrayals of interior landscapes across various media, primarily painting and sculpture. Her self-study of visual art began while working as a freelance graphic artist and living nomadically for many years. She's exhibited throughout the Western United States, worked with clients such as Maggie Rogers and Little Brown and Company, and has pieces held by collectors internationally. She lives and works in Boulder, Colorado. All right, without further ado, I give you this conversation I had with Amanda. We're here to talk about artwork development. And like I was telling you earlier, I kind of just wanted to do an episode where we just have kind of an art chat about our work and what we're thinking about in kind of in the way that I know you and I often do. Um, but also like weave in things we've learned and how we've changed and all that, like we'll get into that, but I'm excited to have you on since this is something that we talk about on a regular basis, never all ending, ongoing all the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Cause I feel like we haven't talked about this stuff in a while. So yeah. Overdue. True. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, I thought we could start by just talking about what our work was like four-ish years ago, or you can go however far back you want, mm-hmm. versus what it's like now or has it, how it's changed, like what the big differences are. Because I, I don't think people often realize, like especially if they're a new follower to anyone's work, mm-hmm. that the work you're seeing is definitely not the work the person mm-hmm. has always made. And I think it's really hard to comprehend that. So uh can we start with you sure great yeah I was looking back um this morning I was like wow that was pre-pandemic too so I feel like the pandemic changed a lot of things for me in my work it just became like really dark (laughs) um but honestly like four years ago was kind of like 2019 was when I did this 100 day project 
um, it was called 100 Days of Feeling My Feelings. And I did a little like writing poem type thing with a small painting every day for 100 days. And that was honestly probably one of the first times that I like really um, like painted regularly. I think before that it was more illustration and like I would paint from time to time, but that was like my first real experience, like consistently painting. <laughs> um, and that's when I found oil, oil as well. I was just painting in acrylic before that. Um, but yeah, my, my work was like very landscape oriented, I would say, and very bright. Um, yeah, that's when I first discovered oil. So it was like very thick impasto style and um just like super loose and landscapes um yeah so it's very different now I would say uh yeah I shifted more into just doing portraits recently um but I feel like my work has gone through probably two or three like major changes and iterations since then so yeah but I'd say four years ago, it was like really just starting to paint serious, like more seriously and regularly. Were you working in acrylic before that? Because it's a, you said that's when you started oil, but mm -hmm. it was the first time you'd painted consistently. So did you paint before then? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I did paint. I was painting. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I'm like, actually, I'm scrolling back through my Instagram now because I don't even remember. This feels like a different lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, but I was doing more of this, um, this like series that I called At Wild Woman, which was illustrations of women over photographs because I was traveling a lot at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot more drawing. And then I was slowly getting into more painting and trying to combine that with the illustration. And it was, yeah, all acrylic. Um, and it was like really loose, abstract, um, very Heather Day uh, reminiscent, <laughs> which I know. As yes. many of ours were, was. Uh, yeah, I just like didn't know <laughs> yeah. what, what to do. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So it was like, oh, let me just throw a bunch of paint mm -hmm. on canvas and then I was like insecure about that because it didn't feel like my work. So I would try to put my illustrations on top of that, mm. make it feel more like mine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then it slowly, cause the illustrations were over photographs of landscapes. I think the more abstract like paintings turned into more of a landscape style. And then eventually I found oil and that changed a lot. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It often is like that, like finding your media or a new media can really take things in yeah. a new direction. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I had tried painting in oil before that. Um, but for some reason it just would always turn into a pile of brown mush and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, once it clicked, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And yes. way more yeah. What were you doing? I'm so curious. <laughs> um, 2019? Is 2019, that 
Yeah. 2019 is kind of the first year that I think I was, well, I guess, okay. I guess it was more 2018, but I had the show for it in 2019. So I associate it with the, with 2019, but whatever, 2018, 2019, um, I think was the first time I had actually kind of consolidated into some sort of style that felt like me. And I think that really came from the color palette. So, but for reference, I was definitely also working abstract. I started very like abstract expressionist, intuitive, definitely influenced by the popular Instagram abstract artists, like many of us. Um, And I think it's such a good learning tool, you know, like when you don't know these materials and you didn't go to art school and you just don't have the background, like it's so accessible. And I think it's also so therapeutic, right? Like so many of us turn to art for its therapy purposes. And so this like playing with color and working intuitively, all that really suits that well. But I think where my downfall was and where a lot of artists downfall is, is you don't realize that you're only just kind of remixing what you're seeing online, particularly if you don't have an art school background, which you're probably influenced by different things if if that's your how you started. But if you're self-taught, like the internet is what you have access to. So whatever is popular at the time as you're learning and you know whatever you're drawn to, you're probably going to try and mimic that as a learning tool. But then if you start making work more seriously and you even start selling it and start sharing it, like that gets really murky. (laughs) And so I was definitely in that camp. Like that definitely happened to me. Like I'm not an exception to that. Um, So I think in 2018, 2019 was the first time I was really able to pretty much make that maybe not a hundred percent my own, but a lot more my own. So while the work was like abstract and I definitely had the, like the poured acrylic washes, but I think where I was starting to make it my own was like the pastel colors and that, especially the more girly pinks. Actually, I guess that came later. Yeah. I think actually in 2019, I was still in like the oceany camp, but starting to filter in more pastels, like working that way. And then in 2020, I think I really honed in on the like girly pink and purple pastel kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So that was definitely like the beginning, I think of where I am now, but it was still super abstract, super, just totally different. Like my work has also, uh, taken a darker turn. It's almost a hundred percent. There's really nothing abstract in it. It's more surreal, magical realism definitely has representation. Um, there's a lot more narrative in it. Uh, my techniques have changed. I also started working with like mixed media where I added in the glitter and the holographic vinyl, um, working with the airbrush. I mean, that I think was probably a game changer for my work. Um, and I, I do a combination of oil and acrylic. And before I was doing only acrylic and I was working with spray paint. So I think that translated a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's almost, I don't think you would know they're the same artist if you saw a piece from 2020 and one of my pieces now I I don't know unless you knew me (laughs) so quite drastically different that's interesting I want to look I'm looking back on your Instagram now oh you are I've deleted a fair amount but there are there are still things up there yeah so Um, yeah. yeah the work from 2020 
uh, it's like, there's pieces that are still up on my website that you can buy and stuff like the big canvas pieces, because those feel, it's not the style that I work in now, but they feel like part of the trajectory, you know, versus I think what I was doing before 2020 Mm -hmm. almost doesn't even feel related to my practice now at all. Like I was trying different things. I, I, I would, my series would jump around a lot more in subject matter. If I even had a subject, like it was just so disjointed and all over the place. And I really, it's so crazy. Like I barely worked with pink and purple before 2020. So yeah, it's a lot of blue. Uh huh. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so different. I know. Was there like one piece that you remember being kind of like a redefining moment? Like, can you think think back to one or like a series that you did? I can think back to a series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can think back to, I think it was the summer of 2019 where I wasn't quite on the pastel kick but I definitely started making things have more of like an otherworldly feel. Whereas before I think they had more of like a naturey ocean feel. So there were like punchier colors and I started doing the gradient backgrounds. I think that was probably Mm. like a pretty instrumental shift. It was just a small series of like works on big pieces of paper. It was like a very, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a very whatever series. No, I can see the shift in what you're saying. Yeah. Um, all of your work before that. And then I was like, oh, this looks very different. And mm-hmm. yeah, like there's some of your voice coming through. Yeah. That I can still see now. Just like, I can still see some of that now. Like some of the eerie elements. Yeah. Like you brought in some dark, more of like a darkness to them. Like there's mm-hmm. an eeriness. Yeah. So here's an interesting question. Cause I'm thinking about that time period when, when you kind of made your transition into painting or just any, any period that you felt like was really pivotal into the work that you're doing now, like a, what was that moment and B what was going on? And like, why do you think that that happened? Mm-hmm. Um, well, definitely the hundred day project. And, mm-hmm. uh, I honestly think, well, I don't know. I was, I was going through some stuff personally that kind of sparked that whole project. Um, but I think it was just showing up every day because really before that, like I would paint, but it wasn't super consistent and yeah, I just like, it wasn't clicking and I had a really hard time spending time in like the studio doing that in quotes. Um, and I just felt like the time would go so slow when I was painting and it was like pulling teeth and I really, it just like, I don't know, I wasn't connected to it at all. Um, so when I started to do the hundred day project, um, I mean, I was just forced to everyday work and then yeah I don't know I think it was just yeah having to do it every day Um, yeah that really changed it for me but I mean I struggled after that too like I've always struggled with painting um Mm. 
up until recently now I feel like I'm I'm in a a place now where the time does go fast and I have like I have more ideas and maybe I have a better grasp on like the medium and um I can actually like make my ideas like execute them whereas before Mm -hmm. I couldn't um and I think there was something too a really pivotal moment was when I started to paint portraits um and that was very recent that was like a year and a half ago um but yeah pretty much up until I started to paint portraits it was kind of like a slog honestly Mm. um yeah which I don't know I don't know if that's like I hate using the word should but I don't know if that's how it should feel (laughs) if you're you know art should probably be something that is like you're I mean I I did get something out of it it's not like I was just it was just like draining my soul or something but it just felt really hard Mm -hmm. well I think that that's actually a thing that people don't talk about often is like art is making is really hard Mm -hmm. and I think just kind of on that note for me, like just talking about past versus current when I was, you know, working intuitively and abstract and all that, to be honest, like in a certain way, it was more fun. It was easier. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as gratifying. I wasn't, I wasn't as proud of the work. I didn't feel, it didn't feel as important. And like, who's to say, which is more valuable. I think it's all about what you value, but that was a big thing that I think I kind of grappled with and questioned in the past couple years, especially as my styles become more representational, like it's a lot more mental. It requires a lot more planning. It also requires, I don't want to say a higher level of skill because there is absolutely skill in abstract work, but it's more, it's more grueling. Like it, it maybe takes a little like more technique. I think actually that's probably the right, the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes more time. And I mean, oh my gosh, you know, like some of these recent pieces, I've just, it's been like torture trying to get them done. <laughs> and I think for a while, because I was so used to like, it's all about the process. Like yeah. I questioned like, oh, does that mean that like now I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing? But I don't think that that's the case. I think that there's a lot of different ways to make art, a lot of different reasons to make it And one of them could be just for the sake of enjoying the process, but there's other, there's other drives as well. Um, and of course, sometimes I enjoy the process, but that was like actually a huge shift for me. I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah. Well, kind of, I can kind of relate to it almost in an opposite way. (laughs) Oh yeah. How so? So when you were doing like more process oriented and intuitive work, how did that feel when you were doing it? Like, did you just enjoy it? and? Yeah, I think process, I think I was struggling more with, I mean, rightfully so, like, does the outcome feel like me? Is this, is this what I should be making? I definitely still had those feelings of like being overly influenced. So like that wasn't so enjoyable. And I think because there was so much abstract work out there and, and like I said, where I was coming from was a place of learning from what I was seeing. I had a really hard time differentiating my voice. So that was a struggle. Um, and there was a lot of mixed feelings there, but I would just say like when I was pushing paint around, yeah. 
of course I had my frustrated days. Definitely. But I would say it felt more fun. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Cause that, I, I think the thing I struggled the most with, cause I would have, I would call my practice like back then also like process oriented and intuitive and all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was like, I felt like every time I started something, I just felt totally lost. Like I had no Mm. direction. I think that was so, it was so frustrating to me. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. It was, I just felt like I had no idea what I was doing or where I was going and something about that. Like, that's the whole point of intuitive I guess in process oriented work is like you figure it out on the way, mm-hmm. but for some reason that just like was really hard for me and it was just very uncomfortable and I did not enjoy that. Mm. I wonder why, um, why you were committed to doing that at the time. Um, oh man, I don't know. I have so many thoughts. I think honestly, part of it was, I was, and I'm, I don't want, I don't want this to sound like anyone who does that type of work is lacking skill. Cause mm-hmm. that's not, that's not true. But I think for me, it was like, it was almost a crutch for me because maybe I didn't have like technique or I wasn't able to, yeah, like execute what I wanted to like, I remember making some pieces. I was working with a, like a mentor for a while and she would like give me ideas on what to paint. And then I would try to do that, like what she said, and I just couldn't do it. And mm. it's like very, uh, I don't know, just destroys your confidence when you can't like execute the thing and it looks so terrible. And so I think yeah, part of it was just like, I, it was, I was like protecting maybe my ego a little bit by being like, oh, I can just do whatever. But Mm -hmm. I actually didn't enjoy doing that. It was, yeah. Oh God. It was so hard. I don't even like thinking about it because it was a hard time. (laughs) But I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't know if I would have been able to identify that at the time, probably because I was enjoying what I was doing, but that mm-hmm. was definitely the case for me too. Like, I think I think of it more like I was making what was accessible to me, given my background. Like I wanted to express, I wanted to make work, but I didn't have like material knowledge. I didn't have uh, a drawing background. Like, and so that was what was available given my, my skill set. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's why it's such a great entry point, um, for, for anybody self-taught. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I relate to that you too. know the medium and yeah. things come out of it. Like I'm sure I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that phase of art. So there definitely was an aspect of the frustration in like trying to find my, um, voice and like point of view as an artist where the like lacking the technique was frustrating but I think the even harder part was lacking ideas um Mm. like I was just taking in all of this art that I was so inspired by and like 
would just have all of this like creative energy and inspiration. And then I would go and try to make something of my own and just have like no idea what I was doing or what I was trying, what I was trying to do. And I feel like that was probably the hardest part of the whole, like just developing my own art practice. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with that from time to time, but it's not, I don't know. I just, I don't know if there's any way around that either. Cause I think even if you're good art school or whatever, you're going to have, that's just inevitable. Like, I don't know. I don't, did you always kind of like have an idea of what you wanted to paint and yeah so I think that in the beginning I didn't really have a concept for content like I didn't because I was making abstract work and the content was just like whatever I'm feeling or like my internal landscape which that is content but that doesn't yeah. really give you like a whole lot of specifics to work with, especially if you're trying to like differentiate yourself or, um, or at least at the time, like I didn't have other skills to differentiate myself. So the fact that I also was kind of just going for my inner landscape, like I also, uh, I, I guess I was leaning more on aesthetics to create my work than concept. Mm-hmm. or then content. And because of that, um, it, I had a hard time. Yeah. I guess coming up with things that I hadn't seen before in, in other work, if that makes sense. I, I was, I, I, from time to time, I would like be able to come up with my own marks and stuff, but in general that I felt like I was treading water, like that was really hard. Um, I think once I, and this definitely took time and was kind of a tough transition and definitely I had some frustrating phases, but once I was trying to integrate working more from a perspective of what the content of the work would be, that definitely led me to a place of being able to get a lot more ideas. But in the interim, I really struggled because it was so, it felt almost like forced. It was so not how I was used to working. Um, so that when I was listening to you, I was wondering, like, when you were saying you had a hard time coming up with ideas, like, did you have an awareness of content at that time? Or were you thinking about your work in that way? Um, I mean, I relate to what you're saying about just like interior landscape Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like so much of my work has kind of been reactive and emotional. And I think a lot of that is because um I've struggled with so much like depression and anxiety in my 20s and like early 30s up until just the last couple of years which I think is part of why my work is shifting now Mm. um so so much of my work was just kind of like emotionally reactive and aside from that there was no real um it just felt like too open-ended or something like I don't know when there's too much freedom and there's no container, it is just very overwhelming, um, to me. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I I think that that, I mean, now where I look at my work is now there's been a long process of like 
defining my world and what I'm making work about, even down to like the setting and the characters. Like now I'm working within so, so many, um, so much information, so many guidelines. And of course I can change that at any time, but because I'm still liking it, that gives me such good boundaries for what to do next. And I think it's the same for you. Like, it's almost like you just have so much more information, like Mm -hmm. in terms of the compositions you typically do and the portraits that you do. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) I never want to go back. Yeah, no, I just this morning, just this morning, I was like doing a new sketch with like one of the little ghosts in it. And I was like, man, these ghosts, is this my work now? Just the ghost work? Like, (laughs) is this, is this it? Like, and you see, you see people like that, right? Like they've been making, having this very specific reoccurring character or very specific thing that they're making work around for such a long period of time. And just this morning, I found myself looking at what I was doing. I was like, man, I wonder if this is my thing. Like, I wonder if this is going to keep going or what? Like, I don't know, but <laughs> feels like it for now, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So that makes me want to maybe talk about, so we talked a lot about like how we've struggled um, and what our work was like and how we used to work. What do you think have been like the most helpful things you've done or learned or leaned into in terms of developing in your work in a way that you felt good about? Mm. Um, that's a good question. Oh man. I think, um, actually getting to know other artists and having artist friends has been huge. Mm-hmm. Just people to talk to and talk about your work with regularly um that's been really big for me um what else I think just time like it I think it just really takes time and there's no getting around that mm-hmm. um which kind of sucks but yeah um I don't want to like take all of your points. <laughs> Relate to what the points. Oh, are you like, looking at the notes? I mean, I can say some. We can go back and forth if you want. Uh, sure. Yeah. Tell me some of yours. Okay. So, uh, one of mine, I have on here self reflection, but that's a little bit like trite. Um, I think I there was a turning point where I was like, okay, what am I actually interested in? Or like, what have I always been interested in? I've talked about this on the podcast a million times, but, um, and sometimes the answer to that, it actually takes like a very long time for, for that to come to light, um, in terms of an answer that is really going to stick and and persists over time. Um, but that I think, I think that was actually the biggest driver, at least, especially from like, you know, we're talking about that transition into the more eerie elements, the pastel girly colors, like all of that did not come until I, until I really started thinking about that. And I think before I was focused more on process and, um, like aesthetics, like I, I was very attentive to colors and balance and composition, but there was nothing really informing that other than does this feel right? Which is totally valid. Like, I think that's a really cool way of working. But what really started to set my work in the direction that it's in now is when I started 
like kind of thinking about it in a deeper way, you know? Um, yeah. And that, but again, that took me, I like time is right on the money that, that took me a long time. And I, like, I think what kind of goes with that is understanding content versus subject. Like, again, as somebody who was self-taught, that wasn't knowledge that I just came in with, like understanding that what the meaning in your work is, what the intention is, this unseen element, like that, that is one way that we understand artwork. And it's definitely a common and valid way of, uh, cultivating your work, like thinking from that perspective of what is this about? Why am I making this? And of course those are super tough, potentially annoying questions, but mulling over them really, really did help me. So I would say those things. What did that practically look like? Yeah. So a couple things, I think going through some artist statement books, they kind of break some of this down and it got me thinking about that. Um, I think listening to some other podcasts, like I, I started to just, I think be exposed to the information, like in this understanding about work. And then I did have a session with Penny Lane. Actually, that was like really influential. I was already, I, it was not the very beginning. Like I already had started asking myself these questions. Um, I think previously to this call with her, I had spent a couple years just in inquiry, like, what do I actually want to be making work about? And maybe that stemmed from the frustration of just feeling like my work wasn't my own, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think I really got some concrete like language and direction around that and working with her. Um, she does this exercise called the visual vocab, um, where basically she has you go through and say like what everything in your painting means, which is super annoying and super, uh, <laughs> challenging and definitely was like kind of frustrating for me to think about in the process, like in the time period after that, but it really did help me become intentional with anything I was doing in my work. And now I kind of ha just have that happening a little bit more subconsciously, but it's there. So I think that that was a big turning point too. Mm. What was your work like at that point? With it was, it was my 2020 work. So it was the, mm. the pastel it, it was after the series you and I talked about where, where I was doing the gradients and stuff. So I had more like abstract symbols, I would say, yeah. like symbolic elements, mm -hmm. um, definitely like dreamy pastel girly feels, but there was nothing representational. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was at that point. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anything else for you that has felt helpful in cultivating your work? Um, I think just like reading about other people's work and understanding other people's work and just being exposed to art. Um, yeah. And in person as well. Um, yeah. And I, I do think that like just taking time to slow down and like really dig deep and like ask questions about why something uh resonates with me rather than just like I have I definitely have a habit I'm a very like online person where I just will pin 
you know, art that I think is cool and save posts on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then, you know, it doesn't go much further than that. But um, I think like taking the time to actually like dive into art and learn about it and like learn the perspectives that the artist is coming from and ask yourself those questions has been really big rather than like when I first started, which was when Instagram was like popping off and um, everything was just like so shallow. It, it seems like in retrospect for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just going deeper with art in general. Yeah. Has, has definitely helped me. I would add to that, like definitely same um, getting offline, understanding what's being made, understanding context. Like I know that's a very thought of as an art schooly thing, but a little bit of it kind of is important. And I would add, maybe this is, a something to be done a little bit further into your development. Like maybe you don't need to do this if you're just starting out, but at a certain point, what has really helped me is trying to understand who's making work like in the same canon as me or the same mm-hmm. kind of category, because something about kind of seeing where I might fit something about that is just gives information because it also gives information about people who are making work. That's totally different than you. Like it just gives a little bit of context for you in your current time among your peers And not that like your work should be necessarily looking like any of these people, but I call it the group show exercise. Like if you were to be in a group show with some of your peers, who would you want to be with and, or who would you fit with? And I think then going to see that work in person as well, like even if they're people who are many steps above you, you know, it's something aspirational. Mm -hmm. I think going to see what they're doing in person, that has been like really impactful for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that exercise. Me too. I do it to this day. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just like, I just love it. Um, okay. So on the development, uh, topic, one more thing I was curious about is like when you're torn between many directions, mm-hmm. how do you decide where to put your energy? Cause I think that's such a thing. Like even, even as I've narrowed down what I'm doing I still am like well I have this idea I have that one like or I could go this way or I could make a change and I know you've navigated a lot of change so I was curious if you had anything to say about that oh that's a good question um honestly I if I just let myself try whatever it is I think I want to do it'll usually like peter out after Mm. like a week or something it'll just be like a flash in the pan kind of like oh this like I want to do this and then the things that have longevity will just stick and then the things that don't will just kind of fade away um or I'll just like sleep on it for a while and just maybe write about it or talk about it with you or something and then if I still want to do that you know, a few weeks later, I'll try it. But there are so Mm. many times where I'm just like, I think this, like, remember when I was like, I want to paint houses in my neighborhood or like, Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. (laughs) And I was like, I had just moved into this neighborhood and was so inspired. This is more of like a commercial thing. I was like, 
I could just paint people's houses and make so much money doing that. And then I was like, so on board for that for like two weeks and then (laughs) never thought about it again. So (laughs) there are so many times when that happens, but yeah, the things that actually I want to do will stick around and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Like giving it the test of time. Like if I still want to do this in a couple of weeks, yes. <laughs> I guess, especially yes. if it's a big departure or a big change, something yes. that's going to require like a whole side project or like a bunch of money or, or yes. something like that. Um, I will not yeah. let myself go buy any new materials or tools <laughs> within like the first <laughs> like, 48 30, hours <laughs> yeah, or 30 days. I was going to say <laughs> of like, I'm trying to think there have been so many other things I've I wanted to do like with textiles or something and there have been bought you know I bought like a loom and all this stuff and it's still literally just in my closet um and I wish I never bought it so (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's me that's just my personality (laughs) no but I think that's I think that's not an answer I would have thought of but I think that that's so true like if you still want to do it in whatever given amount of time Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed a lot of time for me, like I definitely have this, like, I want to try this new thing. Like that's almost one, one version of being torn in a different direction. But I noticed for me, like this has really come up in the past couple of years because my pieces are so time intensive. I feel like a very big weight around the decision of what I'm going to paint. Like I better really like it. Like I better really think it's a good idea. And that is kind of a lot of pressure. Um, it It's hard. Uh, but I noticed that I definitely have like a bunch of mock-ups in my uh, Procreate that I'm like, oh, this is a fun idea. But for it to like cross over into, okay, I'm going to commit to painting this. I have to be connected to the, the like, either just emotionally connected to the piece or really like often what gets me is like whatever, like the narrative is, and is a usually a very subtle narrative, but, um, there has to be something about it that I'm like beyond me thinking like it's pretty or cool that yeah. I feel emotionally connected to. Otherwise, like it's too much work <laughs> to do it for any other reason. Yeah. Mm, so you find that kind of sketching it out first. Oh yeah. I ha- oh, well, I have to yeah. now with the way I work. Like, even if it wasn't for that, I have to. Um, so, but even that aside, yeah, I, I kind of need to know that I, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is like another, another, uh, category of things. And that's kind of like, I just want to try this. Like, what about this idea? What about this technique? What about this media? Um, and that's a little bit different. And I would say like working in 3d and doing the mobiles has been like that. And that's almost been the opposite. It's not because it's like so meaningful. I mean, it is meaningful, but that's not why I chose to do it. It's just like, I needed to think in a different way because I was getting stuck. And sometimes that those, uh, like fun side things don't really see the light of day. And they don't end up being good or being my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do, but regardless, like I often help that does get me through a stuck period of time. And I kind of just have to accept that it could be a 
financial sacrifice or a time sacrifice, <laughs> but hopefully it's worth it to like get me through to the next thing. Yeah. It's like a back end piece. Like, yes. It's like the gears <laughs> that you're, I don't know, you're like adding a new gear into your practice or something. Yes. 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 And sometimes like those things peter in and out for years before they, I even have the skills enough to like make something out of it. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a long way to go in the, in the 3d department, but I keep finding myself going back to it every once in a while. So maybe one day it'll be something. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. So maybe kind of moving up even more currently thought it would be fun to like go back and forth about what we've been inspired by recently and, or like things we've seen or experienced that have really influenced our work. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, well, one of the things that has really inspired me um, was actually on my trip to visit you. Um, we went to a bunch of galleries and also LACMA uh, the museum in LA. And, um, I think just seeing more of the kind of like installation based immersive kind of like experiential art, um, has been something that has really just resonated with me. I think, I think a lot of that is actually now that I'm talking about it, probably like a result of, um, just the pandemic, like being, in my house behind a screen for years and um feeling like the weight and presence of art like in person um that's been really inspiring to me but also like the installation aspect of it where you know it's not like you're just looking at something you're you're really like stepping into a new environment and it's like changing um changing the way that you like are relating to your surroundings. I think that's so cool. Mm. Yeah. I wish I had all the time and money to create things like that. But um, the one piece, oh, I forget the name of it. The Helen, Helen Pashkian piece. That was her I don't know what the piece is called, but I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, it was called like Red Dot or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah. Um, how would you describe that? It was just like a it's basically light. like you go stand in front of this giant sheer screen, and behind the screen there is some sort of lighting that's happening. And the way that the lighting is happening or reflecting almost when you look at it, you feel like you're absorbed into this like atmosphere. Yeah. That's, that's how I would describe it. And there's like a red dot in it, but yeah. Yeah. So that's something that's inspiring me. Um, also, oh, what's, oh, I'm so bad with names. Um, this ceramic artist, I think oh, she's Anthony. based in. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, you go. I think her name is Yuko um, Nishikawa. 
I think she's in Brooklyn, based in Brooklyn. I've sent you her work before. I know you know her. Um, mm-hmm. But she does all of these like installation, like ceramic. Um, it's like small discs and plates that she puts on wire. And there's like these giant ceiling installations. Um, and some of them are like mobiles and they spin. Um do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I think so. <laughs> we'll um, link it in the show notes. Yeah. But yeah, I think just I'm I'm a little tired of like rectangles and just things being on a wall. Like I mm. I really want to like make things in space and um like change how a space feels and I don't know. It's not a fully formed like thought at all, but it's just something I've been inspired by. So, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because you've been transitioning more and more and working more in 3d or maybe you're not transitioning, but you're working more (laughs) in 3d like a lot over the past year or two. I was thinking something I forgot about, um, that was an installation was the Pipilati wrist show that I went to with Marissa. Um, I think it was that mocha no whatever it was that or maybe it was like the offshoot of mocha something like that um but that was just like a whole thing that you walk through and she's known for video but she also does like a lot of lighting and projection and what's her name pipilati wrist um and it was like amazing i don't know if you've seen a lot of people have this photo where they're like standing amongst all these like strung lights it was like a popular uh, show when it was here, but that really was very experiential and kind of like what you're talking about, but it was like a whole thing with like multiple rooms that you walk through and all this. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about being inspired by something like that. Cause I was really inspired by that too. And obviously I don't have the funds or even the skills to create <laughs> something immersive on that scale. But like, what does it mean to be inspired by that and like apply it to your current practice? You know, like how, what is, is there like a feeling that can be worked with now? And it seems like for you, it's just been like working in 3D, like you're interested in how objects affect space and um, Mm -hmm. feelings and environments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to go bigger and... (laughs) just more dramatic and it's just overwhelming to think about that I don't know I guess you just have to start somewhere so yeah yeah you absolutely have to start somewhere um (laughs) how do you feel that like that um hello packing piece and other things at LACMA that were like I know there was that one light and it was like light and sound or light and space Oh, that um, exhibition. Ex- yeah. I liked has, it. Has stuff like that influenced you at all in your, in your practice? No. no. <laughs> um, but 3D, 3D stuff has. Yes. 3D, yes. That stuff specifically, no. Like I liked a lot of it, but I didn't feel, and I'm, I mean, of course I like light and lighting, like light and lighting in general in my paintings is like such, um, such a thing. Um, and I really enjoyed that exhibition, but I wouldn't say that I felt like 
it re- I related to it as much or, or was like, I want to bring this into my yeah. practice, but, um, 3d work that I've loved actually, I would say, so pip and pop, like mm-hmm. I'm guessing a lot of people listening to this know who that is. Um, her work. And then, uh, another example would be that ceramic show that we saw when you were here. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony, what's his last name? Do you know? Honorig. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but his installation was like, uh, a lot of flowers. Um, there were like mixed media pieces among the ceramics. And I guess what I would say both of those artists have in common, I don't know if Anthony would, I'm calling him by his first name because I still don't know his last name, but, um, I don't know if he would agree with this about his work, but there's like this embrace of the decorative. And I think that is actually what's really inspiring to me about a lot of 3d work, um, or, or just the 3d work I tend to be drawn to, uh, pip and pop is definitely maximal. My work is not maximal, but there is this like embrace of like sensory and mm-hmm. glittery and delicious. And that I think has probably been as far as 3d work goes, some of the more most influential things I've come across. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you seen Pip and Pop in person? Yeah, I have. I saw it for the first time at the unicorn show at Corey Helford last winter. Cool. Wow. Yeah, it was it was really cool. So so many so much like eye candy in person, like yeah. so many things oh. in it to see. Yeah, that was really cool. That's um, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll say one of mine. Uh, in terms of what I've been inspired by recently, um, I was talking. We were talking about this before uh, the episode, but I feel like in terms of this what we've been inspired by for me anywhere. There's like two buckets. There's like, I saw this and it was really cool. And then there's like these special couple of things where it's like seeing that really, I don't know, took, took hold of me or influenced my work in a really strong way. You know, no, I'd say this falls into mm-hmm. that second category and it's Adrian Cox's work. And I've always liked his work. Like he's a beautiful oil painter, clearly. Um, but I was listening to a podcast where he was talking about the narrative, uh, in his pieces. And basically like there is a storyline that runs through all his body of work with reoccurring characters. And like, you don't have to understand what's happened previously in all of the work to appreciate, you know, like a show you go to of his or something. Um, but at the same time, there is this mythology that he's created that I think just seeing a fine artist do that was very like awe-inspiring to me. And I don't have that in my work currently. Like I do have the reoccurring ghost character, but I don't have like a linear narrative that unfolds. I do have like small stories that happen in individual pieces. Mm-hmm. Um but just that concept in general, um, I am starting to like connect some of my rooms more. Like you'll see different references, like from other pieces in other pieces and et cetera. So there's like a, a weaving together of the world, but, um, yeah, I went through, you can actually go on his website and you can read 
through like his past bodies of work and like see how the characters have developed and the story has progressed and I just I think that that's just really cool so that's like learning about that is huge yeah super super cool wow that's a big one for me sorry my dog is dreaming and I'm like throwing things at him trying to get him to wake up ah so he doesn't snore (laughs) no he's just like barking like dream oh (laughs) um but anyway that reminded me of oh I'm gonna do that really annoying thing where I'm like this reminded me of something I don't remember exactly what it was (laughs) but it was in your podcast with Andrea Uh uh-huh you put up an idea something around narrative and like certain characters to like it was like a suggestion or just an idea that she like threw out and you were like yeah I don't know about that um oh, and I wrote it down somewhere because I wanted to voice you about it and I oh does is it ringing a bell at all I think so I I need to go back and listen but she might have said something like oh you could have different ghosts for different things or something I don't remember maybe it was something yeah. of that nature have you thought about like ways of bringing more narrative into your work with like would you do that with certain characters of some kind or maybe I could see myself doing it um well I think maybe I'm just not there or ready for yeah. it actually yeah. one thing that is really cool just to like reference Adrian Cox again he said that if you go back to his super early body of work it's just uh the first characters in his narrative more come later on, but it's just them in their world. Like there isn't like a storyline yet, but it's just like depictions of their environment and their relationships and their interests and stuff. And like them just being themselves. And I think he said like, at that point, he didn't know that there would become like a story later. And so I've thought about that. And just in terms of like, that could be, if I was going to do a narrative, which I don't know if I will, that feels kind of like where I'm at a little bit. Um, but so right now, like the, the white ghosts kind of function in all different ways. Like sometimes they're going through a dark time. Sometimes they're being indulgent. Sometimes they're a guide. Sometimes they are like a younger aspect of myself. Like I see them as like, they are almost like a blank canvas that so many different things can be projected onto and they Mm -hmm. take different shape. But I have thought about like bringing one in that's like a specific color or something to signify something. Mm -hmm. And I've done that here and there, like in the dollhouse piece, I had like the big dark one hovering over the house and there's like a little green one that with a heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've come in, but I haven't really like committed to, to using them in a certain way, but the thought has crossed my mind. But but I'm kind of still into just using the white ones as, as multifaceted characters for now, but I could see something in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would, would you ever consider any other type of figures? No. I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not uh, necessarily like human-esque figures, but any other like recurring characters, whether they're like something living and biomorphic or not (laughs) no I haven't um not yet no I mean 
the closest thing would be like, I've here and there been throwing in a butterfly. I guess that's technically mm-hmm. a living thing, but I also see it more as like a symbol. Um, so really not. I even sometimes using the ghosts feel like a stretch for me. Um, mm-hmm. because I really prefer it to be about the space and the elements and the objects, but yeah. having not always, but oftentimes having the ghost in brings like that element of story that I'm really craving. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, as of now, no other like living conscious character mm-hmm. has, has crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe a cat. But I don't, I probably not. <laughs> if it was going to be something, maybe it would be a catch. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so, I can't even imagine painting that, but never say never. <laughs> um. Okay, what about you? Are there other things that you've been inspired by that you wanted to mention? Um. Yes. Um. Let me think. Um. Oh yeah, the whole solar punk thing. Um, oh yeah, talk about, about that. Uh, well, I feel almost self-conscious even talking about it because it's it's still kind of new. Like it's one of those things where, like, is this gonna stick around, or well, next week I'll just be like done with this. But I mean, obviously, just all the climate like crises that are happening right now and just in general it like weighs on you and I've just thought a lot about incorporating some type of like messaging or just like I I don't really like the term like activism in my art but I've always been interested in incorporating that and I've never really known how to do that but um I recently uh was turned on to this um sorry there's like a dog barking but (laughs) this uh uh movement called solar punk um which is all about um it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic um world but uh definitely through like a positive lens like there's this kind of hope about it um and like optimistic vision of the future uh which i think is really like refreshing when things just feel so doomed and like the anxiety climate anxiety and dread and all of that is just can be so overwhelming um But yeah, I think it's mainly like a literary um, movement, although there is a lot of like, um, I think there's some graphic novels around it. I want to get some from my library, but um, yeah, there's definitely like a visual component to it, which it like portrays a lot of like urban environments that are kind of like not overtaken but just incorporating nature more and like living in in harmony and like hand in hand with nature uh which is obviously very different from our cities right now and what do you uh, mean I'm just kidding I was like uh (laughs) in America at least um (laughs) yeah I think part of this honestly uh has like come into my mind just from my car 
issues that I've had recently. Mm. It's it forced me to take public transportation and ride my bike. And um, I've like joined, I'm a big Reddit Redditor and I've, <laughs> I've joined all the like fuck cars subreddits and uh, like biking, bike commuting and all of this stuff. And um there's a lot of like urban planning subreddits and and just kind of like nerding out on all that stuff um so that's really where I like found the solar punk idea um but yeah I don't know how um like I think I a lot of my work still incorporates like landscape and nature and I think that will always be there um and I would, I would like to find a way to merge that with my portraits even more now. Um, and I also, I definitely want to keep working in with portraits. Um, and I, a lot of my portraits are sad girls. That's kind of like, I, I type that up on a business card. Um, cause I oh, use like, yeah. I use that. I use a typewriter for my business cards and my art studio has this like event every first Friday of the month. And I just was, I just kind of did it as a joke, like the, cause I didn't, I'm not able to like print my art on my business card. Cause I just do it on my writer. So I'm like, how can I describe my work that people will remember when they leave, when there's not like, an actual picture on the business card. So I just typed the one who paints sad girls, um, or like the one upstairs, because my studio is upstairs. I'm like the one upstairs who paints all the sad girls. <laughs> and it just kind of stuck. And now people honestly are like, oh, you're the sad girl one. <laughs> That's and, hilarious to be like identified as that. <laughs> yes. And I kind of love it. And my mom will kill me because she's always just like, why can't you just paint happy girls? Why can't you just be happy and pretty and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, because it's not the world, that's not life, that's not what's happening. And I can't, I have to, like my work will always have the emotional component. So I think I wanna keep keep up with the sad and like angsty girls. Um, but I think maybe incorporating some of this like solar punk uh, spirit into the work um, in some way could like, I don't know, bring in a sense of hope or like optimism because there's like a place for that and grief to go together. Um, mm. And I think that's really important to not just like, like joy wash <laughs> or like happy wash. You know, like they say green washing, like I don't want to just so like funny. joy wash my art. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny my dad said the same thing to me just at a quick aside when he saw the recent bedroom painting he's like wow this is cool and then he looked closer at it and he like saw the barbed wire and stuff he's like why don't you paint a picture of like a life you would like to have I was like because oh my art is art and not a vision board bro like <laughs> that's so funny oh parents Dude, no Anyway, it's so I'm funny because I showed my mom that piece, the bedroom piece of yours. I don't know if I uh -huh. did. I send you no. that? No. Oh, and I because I was just telling her like how awesome your work is and all that, and like how much it's changed. And I was just like, this new piece is so amazing. I've sent to you, and she was like, oh, it's really pretty. 
And then she was like, but then I look closer and I realized this is really dark. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of like what makes yeah, that's the cool stuff. part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they just don't get it. That's they don't it. get it. <laughs> they did. We probably wouldn't be painting stuff like this in the first place. That's true. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the, the solar punk mm. influence, I'm thinking about like, to me, when I hear you describe it, like at its core, it seems like there's like this utopian spirit a little bit. Yeah. Is that right? And I wonder if like that I could see, I don't know why I know this is cheesy and I know you're not going to do this, but mm-hmm. when you were first explaining this to me and saying you wanted to keep the sad girls, I would almost see like, I'm so sorry for saying this, but like flowers in their hair or something like yeah, something no. that's like there is also like, they're still connected with the earth. They're still living in a a realm where it's better or utopian or like, you know, whatever your spin on it is. Yeah. Um, And they're in grief and that's like, still, they're still in mourning for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also interested in like playing with other negative emotions, like anger uh I want these girls to just be like angry like I'm working on this I've had this one piece in my studio for probably a year and it's like this girl and she has these like laser beams or like I didn't I didn't know they were laser beams but they're like like this coming out of her eyes and I kind of want to go back to it now and like I don't know make her this angry woman that's like destroying things but then there's all this like greenery and like life incorporated into her yeah like flowers or just like really pretty delicate things too yeah I love that I don't know we'll see but I really want to see your wolf paintings come to life because I feel like that is also very symbolic of like what you're saying and it's also symbolic of like uh what, like harmony with nature in some sense mm-hmm. um anyway I really like those I want to see them <laughs> thanks um, so you, that those might be one of those that in time it, they just I painted like these two paintings I had a show um open this month um and I painted these two little paintings last minute with these girls uh, with like wolf masks on and uh at, yeah I, d- I decided not to include them because they were just so quickly done and I they just didn't feel right but um yeah I don't know we'll see time will tell time will <laughs> it tell. might just be one of those fleeting ideas that I had that I'll never do again so I don't know but thank you I'm glad you like them you're welcome I do like them I want them uh Okay. So we've kind of talked about this like throughout the conversation, but I thought it would be cool to wrap up by just saying like what we're currently grappling with, you know, cause we started with the struggles that we had when we were starting and the questions we were asking then and how we worked through it. And so I'm wondering like maybe a check-in for where we are now, like mm-hmm. what's frustrating, what, what are we thinking about? What are we deciding between anything mm. of that nature? Yeah. What are you 
grappling with. Oh God, uh, I hate that word. Sorry. <laughs> what grappling? Wrestling. It. it oh, it, wrestling. It just like brings back my like Christian, uh, like summer camp days. Like the question I'm wrestling. <laughs> really? Oh, we didn't say that at my Christian churches. Really? Oh, I man. don't think so. Or if we did, I just straight up wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Like I'm wrestling with my doubt. <laughs> oh. Then wow. anyway, what questions are you <laughs> asking? Am I wrestling with? Oh my God, yes. What are you wrestling with? <laughs> um, well, uh, a couple things. So this is actually new. I don't think I've uh, told you this. And who knows? It might pass in 48 hours. But um, so... I typically paint my scenes as they exist in a composition of a room. Mm -hmm. And lately I've, I've been wondering if maybe I want to shake up that perspective. Um, and I'm already kind of doing that. Like the piece I'm working on now, you're more focused, like you're looking right at the mirror, but you're Mm -hmm. not like seeing the whole room. And seeing the whole room or at least a large portion of the room used to be like pretty important to me because it was just all about that space. And now I'm kind of like zooming in on things, but then just this morning, and we'll see what happens with this. I created a sketch where it's just like the subject against a gradient background. Um, Hmm. I don't know. And, And I think, I think one thing that brought this up is I recently uh, submitted a sketch for a mural, like a local mural. And there was a call out for, it, it needed to be about surf culture, which is like, obviously so not my thing, but I made it work. Cause I was like, this would be a cool job to get. But I realized that I, the only way I'm used to working is to put my story in a room. <laughs> and for some reason I was like, I wonder if I should diversify that a little bit. Like, it was just a question mm-hmm. I had, like, <laughs> is there new compositions or new perspectives that I, I want to weave in? And I did like the dollhouse, you know, like, which is basically a zoomed out version of a bunch of little rooms, but it's still that one dollhouse subject just in the center of the piece, like potentially kind of floating in the abyss or something. Um, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then. Can I the ask what thing? the subject is? Oh, okay. Or you I don't know if it's going to, no, 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 I'll say it. No, no, I'll say it. Um, TBD if it if it ever comes out. Uh but it's a it's a blow-up couch, like an inflatable couch. Yes. And there's like a, a ghost uh like sitting on the couch, uh like laying with its head back on the side and talking on the phone and like twirling the phone cord, <laughs> like an old school phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I I did that because I I had another piece I was working on, which I might have shown it to you. I don't know, but it's basically like a, uh, like a clubhouse basement scene. And there was like inflatable couches and like game boards or game boards. What am I saying? Board games. And one of the things in the piece was like the ghost talking on the phone, like under the table. And I decided that I just didn't really like the perspective of that room. And the ma- main thing I liked about it was the furniture and that ghost. So I was like, what if I just did that as like a small piece um, and just did like a couple pieces where it's just like the subject and it's just like something fun and it's a little more simple. And like the other one I wanted to do would be like two ghosts doing their makeup together. In- <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. 
so I have those going on. Then I have some dark ass pieces going on. It's like quite the contrast, but, um, yeah. Then the next thing that like just recently came up has been this question around size because my pieces are so time intensive. Like they're already expensive when they're small. Uh, but as Marissa, our friend pointed out to me over the weekend, like I showed her one of my sketches and she's like, this really needs to be big, like really big. And I was like, crap, I just did a studio sale to clean out all my big pieces. And I was so excited to be like, I probably won't have a bunch of big pieces for quite some time because the way I work now, that's just like not feasible. And then like, here I am like, shit, should I do some big ass pieces? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking about that. Um, I'm always wrestling with like, is it so even in the example I just gave of like having these kind of like lighthearted small pieces, but then the other pieces I'm working on are all the narrative is like much darker in, in theme. Um, and I'm just like, do these things go together? Like, do I need to show them separately or release them separately or like what's going on? I think that's where I'm at. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from my point of view, I feel like they go together. Okay. Yeah. I think that's like the whole, oh God, I'm not going to use art speak right now. Um, uh, it's like the juxtaposition, the dichotomy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do, do it. it. The juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that like tension between the like light, hearted like girliness and then the dark like that's I think that's so much just that's just your work so I think they go together I think yeah they're it's like more interesting when they're together so I was when you first started saying that I was like yeah but these darker pieces I have going on are like referential to I mean nobody's gonna know this because I don't think I'm gonna talk about it but they're more referential to like a specific um difficult situation like I have going on in my life mm-hmm. oh, okay and um the the lighter hearted pieces aren't they're they're just like a different thing mm. but then as I was listening to you I was like but actually those things do go together <laughs> I know I'm being very vague right now but the, I guess if I if they they are all things that exist coexist I guess maybe is another way to to put it yeah. so maybe because of that they go together mm. yeah do you feel like the lighthearted pieces are um as personal to you as those darker ones you're talking about so I do feel like they are as personal but they're not as like emotive or emotionally powerful if that makes sense yeah like they are just as related to me in my life not that all work needs to be, but since that is often yeah. where I create work from, they mm-hmm. are just, just as close, but they I don't think they're as like gravitational, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I like question. Not as that. charged. Not as charged. Yeah. That's a really good, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I, yeah. Can't wait to see them. I'll show you, show you the sketches. <laughs> that may never see the light of day. That's why yeah. you send sketches to your friends because those <laughs> be the only people that ever see them. 
Uh, okay. What about you? What are you thinking about? Um, oh, wrestling wish. What am I wrestling? Uh, <laughs> no, now we're going to say that all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of struggling right now with getting back into a practice in our practice at all. Uh, just because I made a bunch of work for a show and then, um, I, yeah, my income now isn't as tied to my work as it once was. Um, so I'm kind of just like coasting a little bit and I, but I'm, I feel, I'm feeling ready to, to get back into it. It's just so daunting to, once you've like pushed out a big kind of body of work, it's just kind of hard to know like where to go next and how to pick it back up. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's just going to be a lot of like thinking and writing and probably sketching things just like randomly. Um, But I mean, oh, the other thing I'm kind of struggling with is um, so yeah, I've, picked up ceramics like it's been about a year that I've been working in it um and I'm struggling with like I I think that my ceramics and my painting can coexist um but I do feel like my paintings are just more um not like meaningful to me but there's like more, I guess, content there mm. and they feel more fine art than ceramics do for me, just because I think mainly just because of like the content. When I'm making my ceramics, I'm still just kind of like, I'm still where I'm learning a lot and experimenting. So I'm just like, this is cool. It's like a big blobby sculpture thing and um yeah I guess I'm just trying to figure out um how to like bring more content stuff to my ceramics um yeah I don't know maybe it doesn't need to the ceramics just won't won't be like that um like maybe the paintings are more um for me to like express certain ideas or um whereas the ceramics might just be more of that just the practice of it and maybe the more process oriented part of my work now so I don't know something I'm trying to figure out yeah, you know what's interesting about that is I think the way that you're feeling um mirrors the way that those two um like mediums are received in in the art world. Like like I think mm-hmm. painting is typically uh more conceptual and it's expected to be more conceptual um mm-hmm. because of the nature of it. And cer- like 3D work, but specifically ceramics, specifically functional ceramics, which I know you do a lot of, like for a long time was, it existed in the realm of folk art. And I think only yeah. semi-recently, I don't know when, cause I don't know history, 
but definitely <laughs> probably later than painting um has been like welcomed in to be viewed in a fine art context so like I think that 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 is the nature of those things and then also how like they are perceived a little bit and then um like Marissa talks about this just inherently uh when you're working in 3d whether it's like ceramic or functional or not um it is just a little bit more materials based like there's just something about it that is more physical more materials based whereas painting the lens itself more to the conceptual that doesn't mean you can't have conceptual 3d work you absolutely can but I think that like what you're expressing is yes is common and like you're not the only one and has has reason you know yeah 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 it's almost like start over like uh and I feel like I need to do all those things we were kind of talking about in the beginning (laughs) with Mm. um um developing our style and developing our work. Uh, yeah, like maybe I just need to look more at the people who are doing the like conceptual work, with their ceramics and learn about them and their processes. And then I'm sure I'll get more ideas and it'll just take time and all that. But also too, I guess, like my question is, is it important to you that your ceramic work is conceptual? Um, not all of it. Like I am starting this, well, I have like a a little illustration graphic design business called Gentle Sentiments. And I want to do like lines of functional ceramics for that. And that's very just like product based and commercial, which is totally fine. And I love doing that. Um, But I do think it would be fun to incorporate the ceramics more into my fine art practice. Mm, um, got you. Yeah. It's something I want to do. Like it, it doesn't feel like I have to do it. I just really want to. And it, it, I like the challenge of it. So yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. that. I mean, I really like the ceramic pieces that you did for your show that were fine art, like the flowers and stuff. So cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? It would be cool to to play around with like putting ceramics on paintings, like on panel or, um, I remember Marissa, like this probably was years ago now mentioned, oh, what are, what are those? It's like a clay or like a ceramic painting. Oh, are they called relief paintings? Ceramic oh, paintings? no. No. Oh, what are they? I, I want to figure this out now. So they have a name. Yeah, it's like a slab kind of. Um, oh, I can't remember. Okay, but describe uh, it to us. It's like, it looks, you hang it on the wall like a painting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no paint. It's all ceramics. And it's, oh. Um, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of it. But I get what you're talking about. I envision what you're saying. Yeah, something like that could be cool. I don't know. There's so many things that you can do, or the more like installation type of stuff. There's many yeah. options. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Well, I can't wait to see what you do. I think I could see it just like in a couple years, especially like because I know ceramics is so um like natural to you in a different in a different way. Like, who knows what you're gonna be putting out. 
Yeah. Well, you'll be the first one to see it. So yeah. <laughs> Conclusion of this episode, get our friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> um okay cool well I think that wraps us up thanks for doing this this felt very much actually just kind of like a regular catch-up on art thoughts since I guess we haven't done that in a while yeah it was fun thanks for having me yes um all right y'all until next time uh go check out Amanda's work (laughs) Okay, okay bye bye Shout out to Amanda for continually agreeing to come on the show per my requests. I obviously enjoy talking to her and having her on. Um, Please do go check out her work. Everything is linked in the show notes. And this is actually our last scheduled episode of the season. I warned you at the beginning it was going to be short, short and sweet, but I hope you've enjoyed. Um, I do plan to produce more episodes. They probably just won't be on the bi-weekly schedule. You might be a little surprised when they come out, but they will come out. I will not take as long of a hiatus as I did last time. And in the meantime, if you are craving a little more art chatting, I highly encourage you to check out and join us for the Unique Workshop Series. Like I said at the beginning, it is kind of a full revolution for your work and how you view it. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to meet other art friends. And it's kind of a nice way to end the year so that when the new year starts, you know which direction you're headed and you're excited for what you're going to work on. So uh, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.